And here we go. It's overtime on a Tuesday night live from the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios. William Patterson, Jace Brown, Dawson Wise joining you. 865-546-8200. Your number if you want to hop in and join us on this Tuesday night. Um, Later in the hour, we'll talk about the NFL against the odds, how gambling is kind of taking over the NFL, and now with this game being in Las Vegas this weekend, um, how gambling is being handled by Roger Goodell. Um, Also, Klay Thompson's new reality. Last night, the Warriors get a win, but Klay Thompson left out of the mix late game. We'll also talk about the Cavs and the command in the land. But first, we head to the phones. We got Joshy Boy on the line. What's up, Joshy? What up, guys? How are you? Good, how are you? Doing well, man. You know what uh what other team kind of reminds me of uh Bruins like they get to the playoffs but it whenever they get to the playoffs but it seems like they always fall short and can't get over that hump. You know who that is? Uh the Buffalo Bills. That would be uh, your Memphis Grizzlies, William. Oh my gosh. Ouch. What uh, okay. Ouch. Wow. I, no, I'm just, Josh. No, I'm, just you, I'm just giving you a hard time, but oh it is gosh. the Buffalo it is the Buffalo Bills though. There we go. Okay. Yeah. I was giving you a hard time, but uh <laughs> so yeah, McDermott kinda reminds me of Bruins that they get to the big time show and uh they can never get over the hump and get to the Super Bowl, you know? Yeah, well, you know, the Bills, I think their problem has been over the last couple of years, ever since Brian Dayball has left, they have not had an offensive coordinator um, that knows how to man that offense and knows how to use Josh Allen's talents. And I think you saw that this year um, in the game plan against the Chiefs. It was um, pretty much he was a game manager that could use his legs, and then when they need him the most, they uh, hit the Josh Allen panic button and say, uh, go win the game. And yeah. it's not an efficient play call or, or play scheme. So um, I think it's just a lack of coaching. I don't think in Tennessee's case it's necessarily a lack of coaching, um, but sometimes it is situational basketball and in-game management um, with stopping runs and, 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 and calling timeouts at the correct time. So I could, I could see um, a, 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 trans, uh, a, um, uh, a translation there. Right. Do you think uh, his seat's kind of getting warm a little bit? Who, Rick Barnes or, or McDermott? No, McDermott. Oh, I mean, it, McDermott's been on my fire list for uh, – this is the second consecutive season now. I think uh, you have an offensive uh, – just uh, – excuse me, a, a, a player in Josh Allen that is incredible, and you right. lack an offensive mind. Um, look around the league. Look at the two teams playing on Sunday. Um, offensive mind Kyle Shanahan. Offensive mind Andy Reid. Um, look around the league. Um, in the playoffs, it's offensive mind, offensive mind, offensive mind. And, you know, if you have a defensive-minded coach, you've got to hit on your coordinator. And the Bills haven't been able to do that since Brian Dayball left. Um, yeah. So, I, I, I think McDermott should be on the hot seat. I would have fired him last year after they lost to the Bengals. Yeah. I was talking with my friend at work, and his only concern about the game tomorrow against LSU is uh, LSU's got like a – Six eleven or seven footer that can uh, go out and shoot threes. Yeah, he was talking to me about him. He was hitting threes against uh, Arkansas Saturday. Yeah, I think they got uh, a good guard too. I can't. Remember. I think it's Gaines is his last name. Um, I'll have to uh, look it up quickly. But um, yeah, I, I think you know 
uh, one of the things we were talking about earlier when we were doing our, our Vols bracketology was um, looking at the matchups uh, potentially against teams with bigs and um, how Tennessee has really struggled this year um, against bigs. And um, I, I think that's something to look for and, and possibly tomorrow's matchup. Is he talking yeah. about Hunter Dean? Did he say? Yeah. Did he say the name Hunter Dean? Yeah, Dean. I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so Jordan Wright is one of their guards. He's one of their main scorers. Um, but Dean's a six ten senior. Um, shoots a seventy two percent clip. He's um, their yeah. highest shooting percentage guy. So uh, you guys were talking about the state of NFL and gambling. Yeah, I got a yeah. I got a question. Do you think if it ever like gets like really out of hand, can you see like some states like? getting rid of, like, the sports betting? You know, I, I think right now, and, and, and it's actually weird, I was, uh, I think they did a report on 60 Minutes this past week about it, that um, a lot of younger people have really got into sports gambling, and look, I'm not going to hide it, I mean, I am as well, um, but I yeah. think there's a lot of people now that are doing it irresponsibly and are you know gambling away their inheritances, gambling away their student loans, and that's not necessarily the NFL's fault. But where the NFL is at fault is where you have, um, you know, it's the most bet on game and most bet on league in the in the United States. So when you have a lot of people betting on it, there are going to be a lot of people that think that there's something going wow. on behind the scenes. Um, we've seen a couple players already get reprimanded for. Um, gambling, you know, uh, Calvin Ridley was a guy that missed a whole season. Isaiah Rogers was a guy that's yep. um, suspended right now. Um, and I think the NFL just has to stay away from the narrative of the, the games are fixed and that, you know, um, certain situations happen to help Vegas out. Right. Yeah. What do you think about this uh, Kentucky Vandy game tonight? Do you think Vandy could possibly make a close game at a Memorial Gymnasium? I do not. I think this is a, a prime ba- a bounce back spot for Kentucky. The only reason why I did not make it one of my picks is uh, the eight and a half is a little steep on the road. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I, I think they will win by double digits, but I don't want to get caught in a scenario where um, Kentucky's laying too many points and I get caught chasing in a bounce back spot there. Um, they're also on the road where they could struggle shooting. But um, yeah, Kentucky has to win tonight. Back to back losses at home. Uh, you've got to win in a, a in a strong fashion tonight, and I think they will. Yeah, I know. Uh, I don't want to look too far ahead, William. One thing out the door, but uh, whenever it is time for Barnes to retire, a guy on my watch list would be uh, Jerome Tang from Kansas State. Y'all have a good night. Interesting. Yeah, uh, thank you for the call, Joshy. Yeah, Jerome Tang last night got a big win um, over Kansas. Comes from the. Um, the Bryce Drew tree from Baylor. He was an assistant there when they won the national championship a couple of years ago. Um, and Tang's done a great job. Last year took him to the, the uh, Elite Eight and, and was able to use the portal to get a guy in Keontae Johnson, um, was able to have a lot of success with a 5'7 point guard in Marquise Noel. Um, that, that was a really, a really well-rounded team. Um, and, you know, doesn't have as talented of a team this year, but um, – Gets a big win last night. Definitely helps him out. Um, in terms of the next replacement for Barnes, and this is a couple of years in the future, and um, I don't know if we've talked about this as a group. I know no. um, on overtime in the in the prior uh, year, I guess this past year, 
Um, we talked about it a couple of times, but Kim English is a guy. That's yeah, what I was um, going to say. And yeah. I think English would be your home run guy. Now, had a lot of success with George Mason. Uh, now at Providence has uh, put some life back into that group. Um, so uh, Kim English really is the first guy that pops into my head. Yep. Um, now, I know he uh, went to the University of Missouri, played there. So in, in a situation, if Missouri uh, were to find a new coach um, or, or looking for one, um, I, I'd wonder if he would go there and if it'd be hard to pry him away from his alma mater. But um, English has experience at Tennessee and enjoyed his time there, and now he's thriving elsewhere. He'd be probably my first option. Any other guys you would think of? Uh, top of my head, not right now. Yeah. I'm yeah. not thinking about it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Kim English definitely the one to, yeah. to go after. Yeah. All right, let's uh, move over to the NFL, guys. Um, against the odds is the, the, uh, the headline for this. And obviously the – uh, Super Bowl is in Las Vegas, the gambling capital of the United States. Um, and during Roger Goodell's annual State of the League news conference last night, uh, Commissioner uh, Roger Goodell said that the, quote, integrity of the game is the NFL's top priority as the league evolves its relationship with gambling. As the prevalence of legalized sports betting has increased throughout the United States, uh, doubts about the integrity of the game have intensified. Um, I don't know if you guys remember um, the game between the 49ers and Rams a a couple, uh, I guess it was middle of the season, spread was seven and a half. And um, the the, uh, uh, Rams decided to kick a, a senseless field goal to cover um, at, right at the end of the game, it was meaningless, and everyone uh, began to spark doubts about: Okay, is the NFL actually rigged? Are these are, are they set up to make sure Vegas is winning? Um, so that's what sparked it. And now, over the last couple of years, we've seen more and more players get involved. Um, but Goodell estimated that the NFL disciplined about 13 players and fired 25 league and team personnel staffers for gambling violations. Um, During Super Bowl week, all league and team personnel will be barred from participating in any form of gambling or visiting casinos. Um, He said, quote, we want to make sure that when people are watching NFL games, they know the action on the field is genuine and without any outside influence. Um, Also, a record number of sports bettors are expected to wager on this upcoming Super Bowl um, expecting 67.8 million Americans to bet on this wow. game, um, which would be a 35% increase from last year's record between the Eagles and Chiefs. Um, is the NFL's growing relationship with sports gambling an issue? In terms of players, I think it is. Uh, you're seeing more and more guys, and not only just you know general players, but impact players be affected by this just because they choose to sports bet. We saw Calvin Ridley. Uh, obviously, he has returned from his. Uh, Jamison Williams was involved in one last year. Uh, Kayshawn Boutte has his own issues, obviously. Uh, he may be a little bit more extreme uh, than the other two. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> but for players, I mean, it's going to affect their careers. If they you know, if they continue to do it, get caught maybe betting on their own team or something like that, it's going to affect their careers. They're going to be missing games. Um, so in terms of players, I mean, just for the sake of them being out on the field playing football, yeah, it's an issue. Uh, it, it somewhat leads to the theories of fixed games. Uh, obviously, those are far fetched. You know, that's it's a hard to prove that they're fixing games for sports betting purposes. But mm. you're leaving the door open for people to ask the question for sure. In games like that Rams Niners game, there's been several others where teams cover at the last second. Well, was this rigged for this? And 
it, it leads to the question, so you leave yourself the door open for that. Uh, in terms of fans, no, I don't think so. Um, I mean, it's encouraged sports betting to a wider audience. I mean, 67 million people betting on a game yeah. three years ago would have been unheard of. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it gets it out to another audience. They can actually learn the ins and outs of it. Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of helped me start to learn the ins and outs of it over the past few years since it uh, became more popular. Um, you know, it, and the issue becomes with moderation, I think, where you talked about, you know, maybe it's a little bit excessive at times, but um, for, for fans in general, it's not an issue, but for players, absolutely it is. Yeah, especially for, uh, like like you said, players and staff members, I mean, uh, with, with the growing acceptance of sports betting just around the country, more states are approving it, uh, allowing it to happen. There's more accessibility to this stuff than ever. I think that's the main problem is, you know, used to be, oh, you had to go to, like, like Atlantic City or something. You had to go to Vegas. Vegas. Had to go there to make any gambles or just some random casinos like we've got uh, out in Cherokee just across the North Carolina border. So I think it being accessible just on your phone is a big problem, uh, especially for players now because, I mean, you're watching film on your phone. You're talking to uh, your business partners on your phone, and you can also just swipe over to FanDuel or something on your phone, and it's 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 just like clockwork. So I, I think that is probably the biggest problem for me. Uh, I, don't, I don't think it really takes away from the integrity of the game now in in light of the players absolutely I, I think it can uh depending on what they bet on and stuff like that but as a whole i don't i don't think it's a horrible thing i just think it's uh an accessibility thing i think this year one thing i noticed was how big sports gambling has gotten right. i think uh, over the last couple of years it's continued to be legalized in more and more states um, but now i think this year was by far the most gambled on year um, out of any NFL season, and to a to a gambler, I think the the markets and the odds they give now are a lot different than they were in years past. So I think from a gambler's perspective, um, it's a lot different in terms of the NFL, and I don't really see that in any other league. Um, the the type of movement they have and the type of lines they give out, but in, in terms of the relationship with sports gambling, I think there are good parts and bad parts. We'll begin with the good. First off, for the NFL, it brings a ton of people to the TVs. Yep. Um, I mean, I, I live in a house with nine people, and every Sunday, I mean, it is the TVs are on. YouTube TV Sunday ticket is on from 12 o'clock to Sunday night football's end, and everyone is engaged because they have wagers on these games. It's great for the NFL because it's basically free advertisement. Not free in a sense, but – you know they're just playing these games and having these sports book put out odds and and, and um, allow people to gamble on them. It, it's it's giving them views, so it's good in that sense. But I think it's bad because I, I think it's over the last couple of seasons now you've seen more and more players get involved in these situations where they're gambling on games, and it makes you think, okay, what kind of information could be possibly being leaked out uh, to their friends and family that we don't know, right? I mean, um, we're just you know, people that watch the games and give analysis on them. But what happens when, you know, uh, uh, Billy Joe, who plays for the Colts, says that, hey, uh, Jonathan Taylor is actually hurt this week. He's going to play a little bit, but take his under because he's not going to get many yards. That's, you know, breaking the integrity of gambling and breaking mm -hmm. the integrity of the game, in my opinion. Um, and that's something they can't really track. You know, they can track if Kayshawn Booty's putting up you know, 200 million bets an hour, <laughs> uh, but they can't track that Billy Joe's telling um, his family to go put everything they own on the under because he's not playing. Um, 
And I think also a couple of times with with certain referee calls and um, certain situations in the games with knowing what the line is, um, some fans now think, okay, well, this is Vegas. You know, a Vegas call. Oh, of course, Vegas is going to give them an opportunity here. So I think it's now put a bad connotation on some of these games because of the implications that these sports mm-hmm. lines have. Um, so there's good and bad. I see both. Um, there's really no way the NFL can completely cut off gambling and, and the and these companies away from them because it brings them profit. Um, but I think they have to be more careful with um, how they present. And sometimes um, talking about it on the the broadcast, I think, rubs people the wrong way. You, a lot of and the NBA does it too. They'll give you the live odds and, and stuff like that. I think that's in poor taste because it's almost promoting gambling and saying, hey, it's a part of our game now. I think they should shy away from that. The NFL doesn't do that too much, um, but the NBA, we see it now on the TNT broadcast. Oh, yeah. um, and, in, and even with the, um, the, what is it, the XFL, USFL, they merged. They XFL literally, now? Or, yeah. uh, UFL. UFL. There yeah. you go, yeah. One, one of them, I don't know. Yeah. They've got the lines, you know, in, instead of – like it'll say, you know, the Renegades minus seven and a half right in front of them. It's literally promoting, and it's got the over over under ticker on the side as well. Now it's a smaller smaller um, league, but still, I think the promotion of it should be looked at as well, mm-hmm. um, especially on the broadcast. Anything to add? Yeah, um, you know, you note that it's kind of a bad thing for me. I don't, I don't necessarily know because if you look at other sports, they've done it successfully for a while. Look at the UFC. Uh, as long as yeah. I can remember, the UFC's had betting yeah. odds on their broadcast. Broadcasts. Now, again, maybe smaller audience, pay-per-view broadcast, but I mean they've had live odds, live over-unders, all that for as long as I can remember, at least the last eight mm-hmm. to ten years mm-hmm. that I've been watching fights. So I don't know. It, a bad thing, but if you do it right, I think it works. Yeah, and I, I mean you, you see, like you said on TNT, I, I know for like NBA on TNT, uh, you'll see segments where like Charles Barkley will put up his picks for a parlay, yeah. and you're like, oh, you can bet what Charles Barkley parlays, and uh, you know that that's something that – uh, I guess promotes fan interaction with that, uh, promotes betting. Uh, I, I think that's one thing to do because I know, like on Fox, it'll be like, "Hey, pick these six, pick these out of these six games, and you can win some money out of Terry Bradshaw's bank account yeah, or something yeah. like that." So I, I think uh, engaging like that's kind of damaging to that reputation for I, sure. I, I, I look, I, I'm not a, I'm look, I'm a gambler myself. I'll right. I'm not against it. Like I, I just think there are ways in in terms of the NFL's image, if they're trying to protect their image. They have to be more careful of how they promote yeah. it, mm-hmm. and, and that's really what my angle was there. Um, and and, and um, what what can they do to prevent gambling from affecting their product? What 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 kind of things can they in- implement? You have to continue to keep active players and staff from doing it. Right. Uh, I, I just you know that's going to automatically lead to questions. You got to keep cutting down on it. And obviously, you can only do so much. Um, but when you when you find proof that somebody's doing it, just keep disciplining them. Mm-hmm. You know, keep keep saying we're you know we're serious about this. Don't do it. We're not going to let it slide. Uh, but you got to be very strict on it. I think, and just make sure people know that hey, we don't let our players or staff members or coaches or referees gamble uh, at all. It's no tolerance. Um, they've shown that already. I, I think they're going to continue to do that. But you you definitely have to. Uh, the problem is, I, I just don't ever think you're going to stop the questions of, does this affect the product now? Because since it's so widespread, and now since they're advertising it live on the broadcast, you're always going to have those questions. There's yeah. just not a ton you can do to stop it, I don't think. 
Uh, yeah, s- same here. I, I, I think, uh, if anything, you might can make some punishments harsher. I know Jamison Williams was only at, what, like six games only this year? Six games, and yeah. then we saw Calvin really be gone for a full year. So, I mean, uh, that difference is just kind of kind of iffy for me. Uh, again, I think one thing is, you know, not just full-on promoting and shoving it down people's throats that, hey, you know, this is this – is, uh, this is the play to make here, and you know, back Charles Barkley, Terry Bradshaw, whatever, uh, and you know, maybe not take so many endorsement deals because I mean, I, f- I feel like there's like specials on just about every single game that you can think of uh, when it comes to NFL. It'll be like, oh, you get this uh, free no sweat bet. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you can use that same money twice. It's 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 like you're not spending as much. But I I, th- I think uh, those are things that can uh, at least brace for and you know fight back against this just huge wave of gambling if i remember correctly i think jameson williams was six games because he was gambling in the team facility but not on nfl games Mm. um so he was just gambling on another sport um ridley was gambling on nfl games that's why he got that suspension um but I, I think the way you affect, you know, you prevent gambling from affecting it is coming out and making sure you are, you are, your product is is not have anything to do with the odds that are given out. It is it's it's completely separate. You could partner with them, and you can and you know, promote it. But you have to make sure that hey, these games are not fixed, and they have nothing to do with the lines that are given on on your your preferred sports book. And I think. Roger Goodell tried to make that uh, very clear last night. There's no uh, solution overnight, um, but I think as the continuation uh, of sports gambling getting more and more popular, you're going to have to find a way to make sure that the integrity of the game is not in question like it was a couple times this season. Um, Now let's bring in uh, Patrick. We've got Patrick on the line. want to hear from our callers. What's up, Patrick? Hey, good evening, gentlemen. How are y'all? Doing well. How are you? Good. I, I kind of uh, I'm not uh, equipped to discuss sports betting. I I don't particularly uh, participate in sports betting. Although on occasion I will place a wager on a horse race or two. Sure. But what what I find it like I, what I wanted to say is is this the fan run PSA? <laughs> That, that y'all are legally obligated to run as part of your promotion of your sponsors. <laughs> I, I, no, you know, I, I just thought it was an interesting – no, I thought it was an interesting topic, you know. Um, it, it came up last night, and I think it's something that's been uh, talked about all season. So I just I, – I, I, no, no, uh, no outside influence. I just thought it was an intriguing conversation. <laughs> Well, you know, and I say that because literally I live in Atlanta and I've only lived here for seven years. I previously was raised uh, and lived in Knoxville for about 45 plus years. And so I, the sports talk I listen to is, is Knoxville based sports talk. Sure. And literally every show I listen to has a a gambling sponsor of, of some sort, uh, whether it's you guys or um, other other radio programs and stations. So, you know, and what I what it brings me to though is that you know horse racing. They've been betting on horse racing since the beginning of time, and yeah. if you go to Keeneland or any any of the tracks in Kentucky, I mean, there's betting windows 
at every concession stand. Yeah. You know, and I would say it's only a matter of time before you you would have betting windows at NFL stadiums. Yeah. Mm. Now, I think that the, the inside information is always inside information, but I think the, for me the bigger issue would be the books or the syndicates, whatever you want to call them, make inroads with officials. Mm-hmm. I think that's where because I because they're approachable, you know, they're not they're not insulated by, you know, if they're if you're an NFL player, you know, there's certain levels of insulate I mean, you know what I mean. It's not Yeah. It would be it would be more easy to, you know, wave some cash in front of a basketball official who's traveling all over the southeast, you know, four or five days a week during basketball season. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but it, it's here to stay, and and I, I think that, but like anything else, I mean, there's people that, that have inside information that, that will make a fortune off of it, but, um, but and I, I appreciate, though, like your discussion about the, the picks and the best bets, and, you know, when I, I started listening to you guys when Jake was the host, and y'all would have a segment, and I, I thought what would be great is the beginning of, of each season for the sport. You know, there's there, you know, do you have a sponsor? But give you know a hundred dollars into an account or whatever the number is, and mm-hmm. track it and see how if you play these bets, how that would go. Yeah, I, I don't bet, but I think it's very interesting hearing the lines and the different. Bets that can be made, the over unders on NBA, this person going to score or rebounds or things of that, because I think to me that's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Um, One thing I so yeah, one thing I do um, at least with the the picks I do on one of my um, other accounts at the Patifax, I give um, those and I track them as well. So like in January. I went uh, 52, 45, and 3, but was up 12.85 units. So, like, whatever your unit was, um, you were times 12.85 that. Because I like tracking it, too, um, because, you know, I think – with with the with gambling getting so big, I think it's important for people to know how to responsibly do it, um, and and throwing right. throwing just you know I've got a couple of college friends that will just throw whatever they think is the right amount on a, on a random game, and I, I teach them or try to tell them you know hey you know maybe not throw five hundred dollars on um incarnate world versus Niagara Falls tonight. Mm. Let's wait <laughs> and, and take a game that you actually have a, a little bit of a no on, and I think that. Responsible gambling is a really big thing that needs to be taught, especially for young people. I, a lot of I, sixty minutes did a thing a couple of weeks ago about it. How kids are gambling away their inheritances and gambling away their student loans. Um, I mean that that's what you know ruins lives. You know, so I, I think it's got to right. be if you're going to do it, you got to do it responsibly. Well, you know, and what's funny when I was in college, there there weren't websites. You know, so yeah, and whatever. It, it, 
so and here, you know, whatever the deposit is, however you do that, that's the money that you have. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I knew guys that were going to bookies, you know, and, and the bookies just really wanting the juice. That's where they make their money. Yeah. And, you know, there would be randomly, there were several times during when I was in college and in graduate school where you'd get a call on, not on a cell phone, but on like a, a cordless phone that was, you know, in your house. Yeah. Hey, you know, your friends whispering, hey, you know, hey, I'm like, why are you whispering? <laughs> it's like, hey, you know, I owe my bookie like, you know, $500 and, and he's wanting his money. And, um, and I was like, I've been telling you to stop. Yeah. You know, well, can I? Yeah, I borrowed fifty bucks. I'm like, you ain't even got fifty bucks to pay your bookie. And we had a guy that literally—that's why I always joke about fading Josh or whoever. We literally—you would bet opposite the way this guy betted, and you would win. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so, so now though, it it, it is—I mean, you're not going to, you know, down to the deli to go see your bookie to place your bet. I yeah. mean, I, and I used to have to call a buddy like, hey, can you put some action for me down? You know? Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so it's a little bit different. I do have a question on y'all's thing about uh, Garner. Sure. Um, is that, because I, I, I tried to read up a little bit about it. Or is this just speculation? Yes. Yeah. Or yeah. is there... Yeah, so I, I yeah I wanted to talk about it today, and I, I made sure I said earlier it's just a rumor and speculation. Nothing has been set in stone. Um, Austin Price went on uh, 104.5 the zone in Nashville today. He uh, Austin Price works for VolQuest. Um, he yep. said that um, a lot of people have asked about Garner and believes that Auburn has reached out to him, uh, but he does not believe he will leave and does not believe there will be any changes to the Tennessee staff. But um, I just wanted to bring it up because you know poaching in, in college football is, is goes beyond just the players. We're seeing it with coaches as well. Um, this would be sure. Um, I just you know wanted to bring it to the airwaves, just talk about it because I think he's a huge piece to that defense, and him leaving uh, would be huge. And not saying he is; it's speculation. But um, just wanted to bring it up. You know. Well, I would say that that is a coach that that you, you whatever the number is that he's well compensated. I mean, this he should have never left Knoxville in the first place. No, years ago. Yeah, and he he is integral to that defense. I, I you know, and he seems to be you know happy with the old, with the D line, and you know, I, I really sincerely hope that whatever the future of Tennessee football is, is that, that he retires from Tennessee, mm. really. Yeah. yeah. He's, that, he's that good at, at his job. So, on that note, guys, y'all have a great night. I appreciate the time. Of course. Hey, Patrick, thank you so much for calling in. Always appreciate hearing your voice, man. Uh, let's hit a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about is Clay Thompson's new reality what we'll see for the rest of his career. Stay right here on Overtime. Making a better vodka soda ain't rocket science. You just gotta start with a better vodka. And then voila, you get White Claw vodka soda. Your taste buds are about to get a PhD in deliciousness. JB Smooth only drinks vodka soda made with the world's smoothest vodka. Try the all new White Claw vodka soda. Pick up a variety pack of their four delicious flavors. Only 100 calories, 4.5% alcohol, and two grams of sugar. White Claw vodka soda. Please drink responsibly. 
Are you ready to elevate your driving experience? Then you need to head over to your hometown dealership, Parkside Kia, home of the lifetime warranty. Discover the latest Kia cars and SUVs where technology meets style. Our friendly staff is here to make your car buying experience a breeze. Don't wait. Visit Parkside Kia today and drive home in the Kia of your dreams. Check them out online at parksidekia.com and visit their showroom at 9929 Parkside Drive. Parkside Kia, where your journey begins. Rogers Utility Solutions, a division of Rogers Hydrant Service, is a family-run Tennessee-based business since 2015. Now serving municipalities and residences in 14 states, Rogers offers fire hydrant flow testing, distribution flushing, and maintenance programs in accordance with ISO standards. Rogers also offers hydrant repair and installation, and they have the capability of repairing hydrants under pressure. For more information on Rogers' new sewer maintenance program, complete with mapping, cleaning, and camera inspecting, visit rogershydrantservice.com. Ever been the coach who realized the team's gear just wasn't up to par? Well, if I'm being honest, that was me. Just a downright irresponsible and plain bad coach. Then, SM Athletics changed the game. I want you to picture this. I walk into their store, a coach with a vision. SM Athletics didn't just see a coach. They saw a team's potential. And they delivered custom uniforms so striking. Our team's spirit soared. From cutting-edge apparel to top-notch equipment, SM Athletics transformed our presence. No more unreliable online orders or envying the other team's style. SM Athletics stands for quality, design, and on-time delivery every time. Coaches, elevate your team with SM Athletics. Call 865 966-3434 or visit smathletics.com. Get the best for your team. Delivered right and on time. So, elevate your team's game by contacting SM Athletics today. They are our love bugs and companions. They are our pets, our family, and they make life better. When we face unexpected challenges, so do our pets. That's why we're on a mission to support people and their pets. Whether donating a bag of kibble, sharing an Instagram post of a lost cat, or welcoming a foster pet into your home, every bit of kindness counts. Visit petsandpeopletogether.org to learn how to be a helper in your community. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. He's got the red, white, blue, fine high on the farm. Semper Fi tattooed on his left arm. Spent a little more in the store for a tag in the back that says USA. He won't buy nothing that he can't fix. With WD-40 and a craftsman wrench, he ain't printed dust. He's just made in America. Little uh, Toby Keith bringing me back in here to the studio on overtime. Uh, very sad day to hear the news. Uh, of his passing today, uh, 62, um, passed away suffering from cancer. Always hate to hear that. Um, we wish him and his family the best. Um, but let's move on now to Clay Thompson and the NBA. After Golden State Warriors star Clay Thompson was left out of the closing lineup for the second time in three games in Monday's 109-98 win over the Brooklyn Nets, the future Hall of Famer admitted it has been, quote, very hard dealing with watching some of the most important moments of the game from the sidelines. Yeah, Thompson said when asked if his changing role has been an adjustment. Quote, you kidding me? Go from, you know, one of the best players, it's hard for anyone. Thompson, who finished 4 of 9 from the field, including 0 of 3 from the three-point line, exited the game in fate of guard Moses Moody with 7-19 remaining and then spent the rest of the game glued to the bench. He watched the Warriors' Steve Kerr uh, opt to play Guy Santos, uh, a a rookie. I I never heard his name before until last night. 
who had played a grand total of 61 minutes across eight NBA games before Monday night down the stretch in place of Thompson. Uh, are we watching the steady decline uh, of Clay Thompson? It seems that way. <clears throat> I know that's unfortunate to say, but uh, it, it, he's just not the same player, I don't think. I mean, at least this year he's not. Uh, this is not the Clay Thompson we're used to. Uh, he's not hitting big shots as much anymore. He's not having big performances as much anymore. Uh, his output's taking a turn for the worse, and Steve Kerr is <clears throat> moving on to some some guys that are younger, uh, yeah. that are ready to take the next step. Uh, I don't think he has that explosive ability from beyond the arc anymore uh, that he did in the prime of the Splash Brothers. Uh, he still shoots the ball at a good clip. Uh, he's still a good contributor for them, um, but just he's not what he used to be. He's not going to give you 38 minutes a night anymore. Uh, we knew this would happen eventually. Mm-hmm. I don't think it uh, was going to happen as fast. I'm surprised it happened already. Yeah. Uh, but we knew the younger players would come up uh, at some point. Uh, it's a surprising decline, but a decline nonetheless, uh, and it's tough to see for Clay Thompson. Yeah, it, it kind of feels like it's it's been going on for the last couple years at that because, I mean, we, we saw the rise of Jordan Poole, especially when it came yeah. to uh, their title run back in 2022. So uh, that and it, it feels like the Splash Bros has kind of uh, – it's been gone since about 2020. 20 since uh since Pretty he much. tore up his knee so uh besides that, it's really been the Steph show since about that time uh but you know it, it felt like there had to be sort of a changing of the guard at some point they're, they're still relying on Steph heavy and he's still uh he's still their guy uh undoubtedly so uh, but but I think it is sort of time to you know see him take a step back because I mean for in the long run he's not going to be there very long so shuffling in this new era uh, of Warriors is probably uh, better done sooner than later uh, so it it I hate to see it because it was such a fun era of the NBA uh, but I mean it it was just waiting to happen yeah you know I've got a little bit of inge- uh, gosh bless an agenda against Clay Thompson mm. um, I'll, I'll stay away from it but um, you know he was good and serviceable that 2022 year when they won the, the title he was good um, but this year he's been really bad averaging um, career lows across the board 17.1 points um, his lowest since his second NBA season uh, career worst 41 percent from the field 37 percent from three those are you know college level numbers from a, a three-point shooter um, and and you've seen some younger guys take those steps, like uh, the guy from Santa Clara. I can't even pronounce that name. Uh, Padinsky, whatever it is. Uh, a Kaminga and Moody both have taken steps and kind of really taken Thompson's role. And he has not been the same player. Um, and, and look, I understand it. He's coming back from a really big injury, and he's also towards the um, end of his career at age 34. Mm. Um, so all of these things are right in line with an average NBA career. But, yeah, he doesn't have that same touch, doesn't have that same explosiveness to find his shot off the dribble. Um, he's also – I think his balance at times is, is off as well when he's he's shooting. Sometimes it looks like he's leaning a little bit too much to the left or the right. Um, just a lot of things that in his early career were, were very – um, just you know, everyday things for him now look a lot harder. Um, I will say, Thompson trails only Steph Curry for clutch time minutes and points for the Warriors this season, um, but that was also a lot more towards the beginning of the year, mm. where now in the middle of the year you got a lot more wear and tear on you, um, a lot more games, a lot more minutes, and now that kind of weighs in. And um, now he's you know out of the rotation two out of the last three nights. Um, 
So was last night a one-time thing, or will we see Thompson's role continue to change as the season goes on? <clears throat> this this his feels his career. This feels long term. Uh, Clay's reaction to, to to what happened just he is very uh, very distant from it. It just sounds like he knows what's going on. Uh, he can tell. Uh, <clears throat> it feels to me like Steve Kerr gave him every chance he could to just get yeah. it back to find mm-hmm. something. He waited as long as he could. Uh, but he realizes now with the Warriors kind of in a, a rough spot in terms of the Western Conference, uh, you got to start changing something. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you can't let the team's success suffer because you're trying to let Clay revive something that's not there anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it seems like now with Steve Kerr finally making the move to, to take Clay out of the closing rotation, it sounds like they're moving on. Um, and they're going to keep him around, and he's still going to be okay every now and then. Um, you know, always have that era that he had, winning two championships with this team, but uh, it sounds like now he's going to try to get younger and move on and mm-hmm. find what works. Yeah, I definitely feel like this is going to be something that continues to roll over. Uh, now, granted, do I do I see him only putting in eight points a night in, in kind of nights like that where he does take a back seat late in the game? No, I, I think he can still contribute pretty well. I mean, he's still going to be starting for the most part. Uh, I, I don't think he's going to fully move out of that rotation for now. I think I – think, uh, even maybe rolling into next year, we still see him uh, in some sort of a prominent position, uh, just maybe not the amount of minutes like we were talking about. So uh, I, I do think, again, I do think this is going to continue uh, him just sort of taking a backseat for this younger crew that is coming in, uh, and I really don't see an end to that anytime soon. Well, with the way this Warriors team is built – You've got a mix of old and young, and it hasn't really worked mm-hmm. um, over the last couple of seasons. You know, if you want to win in the postseason, you've got to have your veterans and guys that know how to win. The rookies won't be able to be that big of a difference maker, and they haven't been. So they've had to rely on Curry and Thompson and Draymond Green, uh, Andrew Wiggins as well. Mm-hmm. But now, especially in the regular season. Um, where sometimes the veterans take a little bit of a, um, you know, turn pump the gas down a little bit. They they move off the gas pedal just a tad, especially towards this uh, stretch right until the the All Star break. You'll see some of these veterans kind of slow down a little bit, and these rookies, these younger guys, full of energy, you know, they're they're coming in night out, night in and night out, ready to go. Um, so I think you're seeing a little bit of that. But as well as some of the development of these younger guys that have been here for multiple seasons now having the opportunity to flourish. And Kaminga's been one of the best stories for the Warriors all year. Mm-hmm. Um, Kaminga's been great. Jordan Poole exits. Kaminga now is their guy. That's that young piece that they've hit on. And unlike Jordan Poole, uh, Kaminga isn't throwing up you know, uh, Harlem Globetrotter shots every night. Um, and I think you've seen Moody and, and uh, Kaminga – and the Podinsky, or whatever it is, uh, the guy from Santa Clara. I'll yeah. just keep on calling him that. Uh, guy from Santa Clara. Um, you've seen these guys start to come in and play uh, good minutes as well. And now, you know, Clay Thompson is, is kind of like Woody in Toy Story. I don't really want to play with you anymore. You know, kind of gets thrown to the toy chest because um, at this point in his career, he's not able to put the night in and night out production, especially in a 48-minute game. And um, I think this is a thing that we could see at least for the rest of the regular season. If I'm the Warriors and want to have them um, ready for a playoff series, um, I'm, I'm thinking about resting him, moving his minutes down to where if you make it to the playoffs, he's able to play those bigger man, uh, bigger minutes in the moments that matter the most. Um, so 
I don't necessarily hate to see it. I've never been a Clay Thompson fan. I'll be very uh, open about that. But um, I, I know to the NBA fans, it, it's tough to see um, any player slow down and not be as productive or, or dominant as they were uh, at one point in their career. All right, when we come back, we'll talk about the command in the land, the hottest team in the NBA, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Elevate your driving experience? Then you need to head over to your hometown dealership, Parkside Kia, home of the lifetime warranty. Discover the latest Kia cars and SUVs where technology meets style. Our friendly staff is here to make your car buying experience a breeze. Don't wait. Visit Parkside Kia today and drive home in the Kia of your dreams. Check them out online at parksidekia.com and visit their showroom at 9929 Parkside Drive. Parkside Kia, where your journey begins. Hello, Fan Run listeners. We want to thank all of you for your support of the new Fan Run Morning Show. In our first few weeks on the air, we've welcomed Hall of Fame coach Rick Barnes, Vol legend Josh Dobbs, Tennessee assistant coach Greg Polinski, and other great writers and experts to our show. And we're just getting started. So if you're missing the morning show, you're truly missing out. Join us Monday through Friday at 7 a.m. on 1340 a.m., 105.7 FM, and on the Fan Run Radio app. Wake up with the Fan Run Radio Morning Show. Are you tired of looking at that piece of furniture that is wore down but you don't want to get rid of it? Go see our friends at Sun Upholstery and Fabric. Locally and family owned and operated with over 67 years of combined experience. Located at 8913 Oak Ridge Highway. Give them a call today at 865-237-3272 or visit them online at fabricsun.com. That's fabricsun.com and be sure to tell Stan that you heard about him right here on Fan Run Radio. A brand built in Tennessee and born from the love of the game. Inward Half revolutionizes golfing comfort. Crafted by a former pro and dedicated enthusiast just like you, our luxury performance wear guarantees you stay cool and comfortable through every swing and every day. We're not just a brand. We've set out to create a lifestyle for those who understand that impeccable style and premium performance are a hole-in-one. Enjoy the walk-in with Inward Half. Are you tired of spending hours on laundry and ironing? Let Crown Cleaners handle your dry cleaning so you can handle your business. Our expert team can take care of your clothes, removing stains and wrinkles like they were never there. Whether it's your best suit or everyday attire, we handle it all at Crown Cleaners. Say goodbye to laundry stress and hello to extra free time. Crown Cleaners, Big Orange Country's Imperial Dry Cleaning Service since the 1960s. Online at crowncleaners.com. Making a better vodka soda ain't rocket science. You just gotta start with a better vodka. And then voila, you get White Claw vodka soda. Your taste buds are about to get a PhD in deliciousness. JB Smooth only drinks vodka soda made with the world's smoothest vodka. Try the all-new White Claw Vodka Soda. Pick up a variety pack of their four delicious flavors. Only 100 calories, 4.5% alcohol, and 2 grams of sugar. White Claw Vodka Soda. Please drink responsibly. Back here on Overtime, rounding out a Tuesday afternoon edition. Thank you so much for joining us. Let's uh, get back to the NBA talk here and talk about one of the hottest teams in the NBA. It's the Cleveland Cavaliers. 
Uh, this season, the Cavs have dealt with injuries better than anyone could have spe- could have expected this year. Um, but they thrived when Darius Garland and Evan Mobley got hurt for extended periods. Donovan Mitchell played out of his mind while Jared Allen was incredible. And since the team has gotten fully healthy, nothing has slowed down for Cleveland. Uh, things didn't get clunky. Nothing disrupted the Cavs' rhythm. Last night, they obliterated the Kings, one of... It was one of y'all's best bets, wasn't it? I think it was yours. I think I did have the yeah, Cavs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of your best bets. Pulled away uh, in the final minutes of the fourth quarter to run away. Any chances of a Sacramento a heroic late-game comeback, uh, winning 136-110 to 110 behind a game-high 29 points from Donovan Mitchell. Six other Cavs players scored in double digits as well. The Cavs have won 14 of their last 15. Currently sit second in the East. Mitchell has been all-NBA good. Mobley looks effective as ever in his return. The role players have picked up the slack. They've been contributing. Uh, The Cavs are deep and great on defense. Um, Second in defensive efficiency this season and getting better on offense. Uh, Fifth in efficiency since January 1st. Are the Cavs on the level of the Celtics and Bucks at this point? Uh, even if they're not, I think they will be soon. Uh, mm-hmm. I think they're still third right now, but I think they're trending towards being the second best team in the Eastern Conference. Uh, they're playing incredible basketball, uh, and I don't think anybody expected them to be playing quite this well, especially when you lose some of your top players for considerable time of the season. They just never lost a step. Yeah, uh, It's been incredible to watch. I still think they're the third best in the conference right now, uh, although they have closed that gap and now gone past Milwaukee. Um, so I think they are trending that way. They've got matchups with both of those teams coming up um, that could see them soar up to the same level, if not surpass those two teams. I mean, they're playing the most consistent basketball of anyone in the Eastern Conference mm-hmm. right now. So absolutely, I think they're up there with those top two teams. I agree. I do think they're up there. I mean, I mean, if you just look at the stats right now, I mean, there's production up and down that roster right now. They've got five guys averaging 15 or more points a game, uh, and one of them is Karis LeVert, a guy coming off the bench for 28 uh, minutes a game. So uh, I think that speaks volumes just to uh, how this team has really meshed. You know, like you said, uh, William, Garland and Mobley have been out for quite some time, and uh, both of those guys are actually starting to get back healthy. Darius Garland finally getting back into the swing of things. Uh, not sure of his stats last night, but uh, I think he might have hit 11 points. So, I mean, mm-hmm. starting to find his footing after being out for quite some time. So, I think they're definitely in the running for it. They're, they're like you said, the hottest team in basketball right now. Uh, I, I think they've got momentum on their side. I, I think they've got the schedule. These next three games for them are very winnable, so they could uh, even close that gap with Boston. I'm really excited to see what they do throughout the long stretch here. Look, I think the Cavs have been really, really good as of late. I'm not ready to put them in the same conversation as the Celtics and Bucks, though. Um, I think the Celtics have a combination of length, um, multiple scorers, um, and and they've got veterans that know how to play in big moments. So I'm not going to put them in there just yet, but I think they're by far the third-best team uh, with Philadelphia no longer having Joel Embiid. Um, His timetable is very significant for a team like the Cavs because – um, with him out of the picture, that allows the Cavs now to have an opportunity to hold on that three seed, and you know that's that's an intriguing matchup for them first round. Obviously, last year we're bounced by the Knicks. Um, now getting an opportunity to play a six seed kind of goes in your favor a little bit better. Um, so I, I think that they are uh, really good as of late. I'm not going to debate that, but I don't think they're up on that level just yet. Um, because the Bucks and Celtics have length. They've got multiple veterans, um, multiple guys that can defend multiple positions. Um, and, and 
just a little bit more star power. Um, Dame and Giannis, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. Donovan Mitchell's great, but there's really not that second wheel just yet. Darius Garland very well could get to that point. Um, Evan Mobley could get to that point, just not there at, at the moment. Um, so, obviously, yesterday we talked about the trade deadline. Did not mention the Cavs. Um, should the Cavs make a move at the trade deadline? They've been better um, defensively. Um, they've got it going offensively as well, but they still kind of lack a little bit of a three ball. Should they go look at maybe getting a, a guy that can shoot from the perimeter? They could, but nothing major. Uh, you don't want to interrupt what the team's doing. Uh, you had your guys come back and nothing fell apart. I don't think you want to jeopardize that. So I don't think it's the end of the world if you just stand pat on what you've got. Maybe look mm-hmm. at that in the off season. Um, just say, you know, we're going to ride it out with what we have, and however far we get, we're going to consider it a success, um, and then move forward in the off season. You just don't want to interrupt the rhythm. Uh, you don't yeah. want to mess with it. Uh, it's working right now the way it is. Um, so maybe maybe you look around um, for a small piece. You're not making a splash, mm-hmm. I don't think. No. I don't think you're going to get anybody big. They're not under as much pressure as a team like Philadelphia uh, to go make a move to salvage your season. Uh, mm-hmm. You've got enough pieces right now to make at least a decent playoff run. Uh, you know, win a series, win a couple series. Uh, if if things play right, maybe you go get a couple pieces. But I don't mm-hmm. think it's the end of the world for them if they don't. Yeah, I I agree. I, I think when uh, when it comes down to weighing out your options here, I, I think it is probably better to stick with what you got because, like you said, if you're going after a main like three ball threat, I mean that's not going to cost you too much. But uh, with how the team has kind of meshed so far in these last probably month and a half or so, uh, you're really thinking about what you're giving up here and what what momentum change that brings with it as well so I, I think right now the way that they're playing I, I think they're pretty comfortable with where they're at uh, they seem to be all bought in with one another so uh, and they found their stride it feels like on the defensive side of the ball so finally getting their assets back healthy as well uh, I, I think is good so I, I really don't see them moving off of anybody right now yeah, the only thing I could see them doing, and I don't suggest that they need to make a move, but I, I do think at small forward they're a little, um, they're lacking a little bit of depth. Um, Max Struess, their starter, mm-hmm. um, Isaac Okoro, um, a guy that was kind of a miss in the draft. He's a serviceable player, but um, isn't necessarily the most reliable guy. And you also have um, George Nyang um, at the four backing up Mobley. So maybe if you were able to bring in a guy um, in that eight nine man road or you know eight nine ten slot in the rotation that could maybe shoot the three ball off the bench, kind of a spark plug guy that we talk about mm-hmm. with Jordan Gainey. Yeah, yeah. Um, just kind of a, a a cog in the wheel kind of deal. Um, not not anything big, but just a guy that can come off and in, in, in a situational moment be big for them. Um, last question we'll ask here. Can the Cavs get past the first round this season? Couldn't do it against the New York Knicks despite being the better team last year. Could they break it this year? Absolutely. I think they can. Playing the basketball they are right now, they're peaking at the right time as we enter the playoff push. They've got it working. they got everybody back healthy. Uh, the bottom several teams in the, in the playoff picture in the Eastern Conference are just not very good. Yeah. They're not playing very good basketball. So, absolutely, you keep this up. I think you do win at least one series. Uh, if they continue to trend up, you may win two series. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and maybe you make a run to the conference final. Um, they, they don't have a ton of playoff experience on the roster. It's not extensive. Uh, they do have some. I think that probably carries you through one series. Yeah. 
um, in the second series, you know, anything from there, it's going to be a success. Again, another team that I think is a little bit ahead of where we expected them to be. Mm. Um, but absolutely, they could get past the first round, I think, pretty easily. Especially if they can grab up that uh, that two seed or maybe even the one seed if they can surpass right. Boston. I don't think they will. But if, if they can grab up that two seed and you get to play a, a play-in team for that first round, I think it's definitely in their favor, especially at home. Uh, you know, there there is that sort of drop-off once you get to those play-in teams. There's like – one at the 11 seed. I'm not sure who's there right now, but like the 7 through 11 in the East are all kind of fighting for those four spots because the 12 through 15 are pretty bad, and the uh, the six through or the one through six seem pretty comfortable where they're at too. So uh, I definitely think that, or I definitely can see them uh, getting a first round win. Maybe, like you said, maybe even making a push for the uh, ECF. Yeah, my only worry is, um, look, I, I do know that the Eastern Conference, the latter half, is not very good, but. Uh, Donovan Mitchell in the playoffs has not been very good outside of the bubble. A lot of people mm. remember that bubble performance, and that's really all they think about Donovan Mitchell in the playoffs. But um, he wasn't great in 2021. Uh, he was not great last year. Played really bad defense against Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson packed his lunch and ate it for him uh, multiple times in that series. So um, their defense, especially um, with a couple of their starters, scares me just a tad. Um, and and um, I I think long term, if they're not able to get it done defensively, that's how you get upset in, in the in the tournament. A um, little bit of breaking news here. What was that, Jace? Uh, Jesse Minter, the former Michigan defensive coordinator, is going to follow Jim Harbaugh to the Chargers officially. All right, some breaking news to end the hour in the episode. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in on this Tuesday night edition. Tomorrow night, Vols play the LSU Tigers. We'll get you ready for that one uh, right before the game tips off here on Overtime. We'll see you tomorrow. William Pattison, Jace Brown, Dawson Wise. See ya.